welcome back to another episode of Money Beyond Borders, where we explore personal finance and the boundaries that are actually limitless. They, money affects us in all aspects of life. And so today we're going to dive into uh, a way of thinking about progress in our lives and specifically in personal finance. But we've already covered up till now how to manage our time, how to manage the risk of the decisions that we partake in. But today we want to now apply those to a sustainable progress framework. And so it's a fairly loose uh, definition, but what is progress? Uh, and what does that mean for us? How do we track it? How do we feel good about moving through our lives? Um, and that, that's a very you know, spiritual question. Um, some of us are, are, we have that soul seeking uh, desire to have meaning in life and purpose, but to be very technical about it, there is a few measurable attributes that make a goal in our life uh, trackable, something that you can actually maintain progress on, you can actually see progress on, and we're going to go right into it. Uh, the SMART goals are what we're after. And SMART is not as in, you know, SMART Alec, it's SMART as in an acronym. Uh, small is the first letter, S, small. It needs to be a tiny, specific, independent task. So it's something really small. And it's gonna make a little more sense as I go through this definition when I show the examples. Uh, but I wanna define it and we'll come back to that definition. Um, so the second letter is M for measurable. So we want to have a quantitative tracking. We want to be able to slice it and say, yes, you know, this is, you know, three or four or some number of days doing something. There's some way to measure that task that we defined, that small but mighty task. Uh, a, actionable. Well, it's got to be actionable of your own free will. You have to be able to act and, and proceed on that task that you defined. You know, say, oh, hopefully it'll rain today. You can't really control the weather. You can't really control the markets. Can't really control bad things happening to you unexpectedly. But you can control little things like waking up in the morning, what time you wake up in the morning. Uh, are realistic. So we're coming to the end of the SMART goal. And this is where reality hits. It needs to be realistic. That small but mighty specific task can't be go to the moon. It's got to be within your capacity today. You've got to be able to right now, actionably, measurably, and realistically do that task uh, and measure it. And finally, to wrap up what a SMART goal is defined as a time box. Pretty self-explanatory. You need a cutoff, success or failure. You have to be able to say, hey, at this time, if this is not complete, I have failed my goal. It's harsh, maybe, a little cold. But that's the only way we can actually overcome the task and feel good about it and make progress. Too often, and Brad can chime in, I'm sure, too, here, we all do this. We set goals and we get to the smart part, right? We don't make them smart, but we get them smart, almost there. But we don't time box them. So we got these really good life goals, right? Like, oh, yeah, New Year's resolutions or these, these big life goals we have, our five-year plan, our 10-year plan, whatever, our financial planner who otherwise uh, suggests. What happens is, is they're, 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 they're time boxed on such a large scale that you can't make meaningful progress on. 
And so it's easy to delay them, defer them, say, oh, maybe next year, or, you know, I think I'm getting there. But hmm, I think I'm getting there is not, yes, I actually made demonstrable progress there. And I can't deny, and no one else can, that I did move forward. So I, that's what we're trying to get today. Sustainable winning uh, sometimes looks like you're losing. And that's entirely normal. And I'd say it's more normal for you to start working on a goal and have setbacks and actually feel like you're going backwards and taking steps backwards. When that is actually, if you zoom out and you don't have the perspective yet because you haven't spent enough time working on the goal, is actually your path towards succeeding at that goal. Yeah. Same with yeah. business, same with relationships. You, in the very early part of commitment on things in our lives, when you start something new, for example, you don't know what you're doing and you make mistakes. Making mistakes is not failure. Making mistakes is the first step toward success on that task, but you have to measure it, you know, and that's, that's where the sustainable winning concept comes in is you got to have smart goals that build upon one another, like a chain, right? A sequence, right? Like a SOP, a checklist. You do the first smart, which leads to the second and the third. It's a way to intellectually think about making progress. That was a great summary. And, and you sort of um, segued into what I wanted to mention, which was understanding the the, the relevancy of failure here, right? Um, and acknowledging that you may get to the end of the year. Let's say you set a, a SMART goal for the year or a couple of SMART goals. And it, you know, turns out you get to the end of the year and, and something went wrong or a couple of things, you know, cascaded, um, you know, in a bad way and you weren't able to, to achieve your goal. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, some issue with one of the SMART components or just in general, you had been executing and, and it just didn't get there. Um, the important part is, is obviously taking the lesson away, right? It, it's to have learned something in that process so that you can build that small failure into a, a small win and then, a, and then a larger win, right? Down the, down the line. Um, and, and I've told you before, I've told you before, I, um, I track the goals each year, right? And so some of them I've hit, some of them I haven't. Um, you know, I've talked about wording and, and we'll, I know we'll get to that later in this episode. Uh, about how you write down your goal, right? What it, what it actually says, is it something that's, you know, meets the actual, um, you know, smart definitions? And um, is it something that you can take action on within a realistic time frame and, and those things? Um, but it's important to, to sort of, um, you know, reflect on the year or, or whatever your timetable is um, to say, this is what went well, this is why I achieved the goal, or this is why I didn't. And, and using that to, to build upon um, in the next year. And so you can work on it and, and maybe achieve it or, or do something even better um, to create a bigger win down the line. And Brad, I think, you know, now's a good time. You were saying, how did, how did you track your goals? I think right before we started the episode, you were talking, you iterate on your goals more than you do, even like your personal finances, you iterate more on your goals. And so could you kind of, we're going to go into some examples here, but maybe you can share your process for goal setting and, and that iterative process that you've had up till now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm pretty old school. I like using a paper calendar. I also like using um, journals, like handwritten journals and, and writing in those. And so I have a, a journal specific um, for goal, for my goal purposes, right? So where, where I, you know, beginning of 2021, you know, sort of actually even going back to the end of 2020, right? I'm thinking about my goals for 2021. So, you know, I'll sit down and, um, you know, I'll write on a page, you know, what my 2021 goals will be. 
Um, but before I put them, you know, pen to paper, I make sure, and I'm, I'm sort of off on the side, um, making sure it meets the criteria for it being a SMART goal. Because in years past, and again, I'm able to see the years past goal because I wrote them down and I was able to reflect on them afterwards. Um, I was able to see what didn't work. You know, if I wrote a goal like, you know, start a business or, or build a successful company, well, why didn't that, you know, that, that's not really a goal, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, exactly. give you any, it doesn't meet the criteria for a smart goal. It's just right. a bumper sticker, right? right. Uh, I think we were saying before, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's just a bumper slogan. It's fun to say. It's cute. It's, it's kind of trendy, right? Entrepreneurship. And so that, that is something I have written before and didn't, it hasn't happened, right? So you ha- it has to meet the criteria for smart, but that's what I do. I write them down in the journal um, and, and, you know, that translates to what I work on in my calendar. We can talk about that later, but, you know, I take the goals, I put them on the calendar and then you start executing them, um, you know, each day of the week, there's some goal I'm working towards, or um, maybe you have a break day, right? There's a day, you know, uh, maybe it's Sunday for you, um, you know, where you're taking a break, but um, you know, all that aside, it's, it's writing them down. It's reflecting, you know, once you get to the end of that time, um, you know, that time, those time parameters that you've set for the goal and then reflecting on it and, and, and carrying forward both the wins and the losses so that you can uh, figure out how to, how to learn in general, right? The, the whole idea of a goal is not just to achieve it, but it's to learn in the process, right? That's what growth is. That's what life is. It's about learning. It's about um, growing and, and just and a lifelong um, process of trying and failing and, and, and setting yourself up for the future. And, and that's what it is. That's what, that's really what life is. And that's what, you, you know, your goals should be. Build successful company. We can get very vague. And it sounds like the way you, you kind of reflect at the end of the year, at the beginning of the next to say what's worked, what's not, how do I make smarter goals? Because sometimes you're like, well, I didn't time box enough or I didn't have clear enough measure. You know, maybe I didn't measure it enough to be able to actually see the progress. And so I kind of sabotage myself and, and you know, and, and quote unquote, you know, and, and just didn't have the right footing on that goal for it to be truly successful. And so failure and mistakes are part of growing and it's part of building value in our lives. It's part of learning and it's part of a joy. We've got to get comfortable with failures and mistakes. And I think a lot of societies, everything's going to be perfect, you know, and, and, and filter that, filter this. Things have to be, once you're successful, it looks like it was easy to get there. It's easy to write a book about success when you've already made it. People can get very hard on themselves and kind of get lost when they're not having smart goals. And they've got the bumper sticker, build a successful company by age 30. And when they don't hit that mark, and it's 30 and they had maybe not a huge exit on a company they built or it's not a giant business or they you know, never opened the bakery or whatever their ambition was uh, before they hit 30. Those goals become sources of angst and dread and, and depression. And so I think, you know, sparkles are very powerful and we've got to learn to use them to make our lives better, not be a source of pain and resentment towards ourselves right? We are our own biggest asset and we've got to have that mercy. I mean, look at, I'm going to give a very corporate finance example, startup companies, venture capitalists, poor tons of capital. And I'd say early angel investors, right? Who have the most to lose. And they're basically going off of very little information on what is going well. And they have to figure out with the founders of the startup, 
what's working? What's a smart goal? How can we track progress? And most startups in the beginning, they devour cash. They are so negative. Like they are burning so much cash and they're not generating any revenue. If you look at a startup in the early years, they're financial catastrophes. Some of the biggest companies today, they if you look at the first few months of their existence, you would never have touched them. You would never have known they were going to become the huge companies they are today. Now, we don't all want to build monopolies of a business, but it's just to show you how winning sometimes looks like losing at first. In corporate finance, just as it is for us in life, just as it will be in our personal finance pursuit. And so I think very on point, Brad, what you were saying about we need to make iterative improvements and reflecting right on the previous year, what worked, what didn't, what smart goals did we achieve? Did we not? We have to have all of that reflection with a sense of appetite to learn what mistakes we learn. If we accomplish all our goals, to be fair, we didn't make them hard enough. I don't make my goal and I'm reflecting, trying to make them better. But once I make them, then I'm not happy. No, be happy, but be happy that you're going to learn whether or not you succeed or fail on that individual task. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to build a big success for yourself, personally, whatever that looks like. It just means you need to be patient and garner the lessons that are to be learned. And they are, there are some very hard lessons. If you make these smart goals right, you will feel a little bit uncomfortable. They will stretch you out of your comfort zone but they're small enough that you can do them. And so I want to go into a couple. Uh, I'll start with the non-examples. Brad, I touch a few. Build a successful company. That's a great bumper sticker. And they really sound like New Year resolutions that, you know, you're half drunk past midnight. You know, you're really inebriated and you're starting to rattle off what you're going to do in the next year. I don't know if anyone does that, but I've done that before. And you're and, and it's it's there's no seriousness. There's no real deep thought and and reflection on those goals and and they're not smart and i'd like for you know you guys to pause kind of think about uh when we say you know build successful company why is that not smart so go ahead and pause now you're back well smart what's smart about build successful company well that's not a small task that's huge that could be many years uh and how do you define success is that even measurable like what what is success for one company might be disaster for another it might be Great, you know, hit a higher uh, bottom line, but to what extent? Like, what sacrifices and shortcuts did I have to make if I had to make any? Actionable. Um, build a successful company. I wouldn't say that uh, this fails the action test. This could be actionable, right? You can go with of your free will and go do that. However, again, what does successful mean? There's going to be possibly le- legislation, there's going to be things in the way right? Um, that get in the way of what you might de- have you ha- had you define what success was, it could get in the way of that. Um, like the economy crashing, right? A COVID that could make success of a company potentially defer down the line or fail a company. Realistic. Uh, is it realistic? I'd say the goal is so vague. It's not realistic because it's not specific. Uh, I think the more specific you are with your goals, the more realistic they become naturally. Uh, time boxed. There's no time. You can build a successful company. When? After death? You know, like who, who knows? I, I don't know. Um, but 
that was not a smart goal. So next on here, uh, I put that just for grins because I code um, for, for money right now. I, I code for a living and start learning to code. Great. I love the enthusiasm. Again, bumper sticker. I'll let you guys define what, you know, what's smart or not so smart about that. Uh, and I, we'd love your comments, actually. Use the SMART goals definition and break that down. Start learning to code. Break that down is why that's not SMART. Next one to break down, eat healthier. Uh, another one, get a promotion. Marry someone I won't divorce. Uh, work out at least once this year. And I won't lie, that was once a very not very tragic uh, news resolution I, I joked about. And that's just not trying. That's just not trying. And I think one, the last one I'd like to share is, uh, and we might share a little bit about Jordan Peterson. He's a, he's a very interesting intellectual. Don't agree with everything, all his views, but just interesting to you know, digest different perspectives on uh, psychology and, and sociological um, events. And he's, he's a very, he's a clinical um, psychologist and he's written some pretty good books. Be happy. That's, he's got a YouTube video we can maybe share. He explains that being happy is actually not the point of life. And I, it's a very interesting YouTube video, but be happy in 2021. That statement, be happy in 2021, well, you got time in there, but I'll let you guys figure out why or why not. Is that a smart goal? Okay, now that the exercise is complete there, I'd like for us to go over some actual examples that you know we've, we've taken a little bit of time to think about in smart terms, right? How do we stay small, tiny? Something you can do like right now, as you're listening to this, you could probably do, that, that's small. Measurable, right? How are you measuring that? Like what, how are you tracking? Actionable by free will. You can actually do the thing. Realistic. Um, you don't have to go take a five month vacation after you do that tiny task because you're so burnt out. Uh, and then time box, something you can, you know, say yes or no, pass or fail. So wake up before 7 a.m. for seven days straight. We've got the small waking up. I think that's pretty small, Brad. Um, I did it today, actually, so that's good. Measurable, um, is it before seven or is it not before seven? Like what, can I measure that? And it's for seven days. So yeah, I got some, some measuring points here. I can get on my measuring stick to identify these things. Actionable, can I control by free will? Yes, as long as I'm not hungover, I can wake up, right? And I don't drink very often, so that should be a problem. Realistic, fair with your capacity. Uh, I think I can wake up before seven. I think that's fairly reasonable. Depending on who you are, I can imagine there could be a scenario where that's not realistic. Uh, like if you work night shifts, right? And you get back at like 5 a.m. or something like that. 7 a.m. is not, that that's in the middle of your night, right? If you sleep during the day. So uh, of course, these are all objective. Smart goals have to be applied to the individual or entity that's making the goal for themselves, right? Um, but for me, it's not a big deal. I don't, I'm not a night um, person. I'm more of a morning. So, and the last piece, time boxed. Well, in seven days, if I haven't done this every day, 
then fail, right? And then that's when I get some, some delicious insight into why did it fail, right? Was I too stressed? Was I anxious? What, what, whatever the slew of reasons I have, by pursuing this SMART goal, I will get closer to either achieving it or finding the next goal that's related to this, right? Goals beget goals and SMART goals beget smarter goals. And so I think that's the key here. Start small, right? You can build big, and we'll, we'll get to that, right? Small stacks up big. So second one, attend one seminar by Y Combinator. So very specific event a month. So each month on cultivating startup founder skills. So that you've got the time, right? Once a month. So that, that's very time boxed pass or fail. It's small, one seminar, they're usually an hour, less than an hour. Uh, and I, I'm very passionate about that. So it's realistic that I'd want to sit in on that. It's not something I'm bored, right? It's not something that, oh, got to do this. Uh, Y Combinator, right? It's measurable. Did I sit in on an event for them? It's not like I sat in on a random event about leadership skills. It's a very specific organization that focuses on building startups and founders who can produce startup companies. And so they're probably a pretty good uh, resource, right? For learning startup founder skills. And so to me, this is a fairly smart goal. I, I don't know what you feel, Brad, on that. Do you think that's smart enough? Yeah, I would say it is. I, you know, I think it meets the criteria. Um, you know, it's very specific. It, um, you know, you have a timetable. Um, it's measurable. It's small. It's, it's very defined, you know, and, um, you know, I would say too, as, you know, people are, are sitting down to um, contemplate and, and develop goals, you know, and, and the wording around them, right? Because really what we're saying here is the wording is, is critically important. Um, acknowledging that sometimes, you know, you may be on the fence, does this meet the, you know, SMART criteria? And I would say if you get, you know, very comfortable about four or five of them, you know, so like you meet four out of the five, um, you know, SMART letters and, you, and you're feeling good about it, um, you're probably in a good place, right? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't overthink it too much, um, you know, and, and you sort of get an idea, right? Attend one seminar by Y Combinator a month on cultivating startup founder skills. It's, it, it just right there, you can tell that it's going to, it's an effective goal. It's an accomplishable goal. Um, and, and so I would say, just don't overthink, you know, the goal setting process, but, you know, be deliberate about it. Um, and again, you know, have that, that reflection, um, you know, along the way. And it doesn't have to just be wait till the end of the year to figure out, you know, what went wrong, what didn't, you know, over time, you know, if you have a goal for the year, you know, you're going to break it down naturally to, you know, maybe on a monthly, it's a monthly schedule or routine, or it's a weekly, right. You kind of break it down and down so that you can hit a, an achievable goal by the end of the year, right. Cause something that you set up for, you know, a year long goal, you're going to by nature have to uh, break that down into more bite-sized pieces, the things that you can, you can actually, you know, attack on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. So you're going to naturally break those down into smaller um, goals, and then you're going to track that along the way. And, and so maybe January is not a good month for you for uh, buying a house, right? That's actually a, a, you know, an example right now I'm going through. Um, February will be better for me. So, you know, having the goal of buying a house in 2021, it is achievable in 2021 for me it was not going to happen in January. And I acknowledge that. So it's, it, you have to understand that it's not perfect. Right. And you're going to figure out a way to, to achieve that goal, but you know, effective tracking and, 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 and possibly iterations, you know, along the way 
um, you know, are, are maybe necessary, but you have that goal in mind, you have that target um, and, and you're aiming towards it. And, and that's really what matters. So um, the, the, the first one or two you gave totally. are good examples. And I think Brad, on, on that note about buying a house, you know, when it's our first house and it's, it's your first here, you, you don't know what you don't know. That's a fairly aggressive goal buying a house, right? And it's, that's looking historically at the scale of society, right? Buying a house is like the American dream, right? So to speak, it's the, it's, it's kind of the largest expense any listener would ever have purchasing a house. That's a big deal. And so when we've got a goal that big, I'd say it's not smart because it's not small. And so you need to make you need to break that down, like you were mentioning, Brad, into smaller smart goals, right? That add up to, oh, I bought a house. But that bought a house is maybe one of the steps where you actually go to closing and sign the paperwork. That's one of your smart goals. But there's so many smart goals up to that point, right? Like learning about the market, learning about all the, you know, all the accounting that you got to do, or just what are the expenses I need to track? And and just, okay, am I psychologically ready for this? Am I, you know, how am I going to manage this? There's other smart goals that we can create for ourselves that build up to bigger ones. Cause I think buying a house is a pretty big goal. And so you can make it smart, but you got to break it down. Right. Um, and so, you know, here's an example of something that, you know, there's no, Oh, I got to figure it out. You don't know what you don't know, but like reading a book, right. I put one study, how to read a financial report. That's a book that I recommend everyone reads who's listening. It's, it is corporate financial accounting, so it's not the most sexiest thing, but I will tell you, it will make the last episode you hear from us on this season a lot easier to get through uh, and, and to listen and actually garner uh, value from if you read that book. Um, but read that book in 30 days by reading and taking notes a chapter every two days. Uh, and why is because it's 14 chapters. So if you do that every other day, it's about you know a little less than 30 days. That's extremely specific. It, it's a smart goal, but you don't have to be that specific. But why am I that specific? It's because it's a book, right? There's a front cover and a back cover. So it's very easy to break that up, right? And I know how quickly I can read and how much time I've got. So I can kind of put a reasonable goal there that is, well, I'll be able to pass or fail it, right? Reasonably. And I should be able to pass it. Whereas buying a house, well, it could be the year next. It might not be this year. Like we've, you're contending with COVID, right? There's COVID, there's economic impact, there's things far beyond our control that realistically we cannot control. And so if we have smart goals that we can control, that we can make progress on, eventually, Brad, you will buy a house. It'll be like, okay, great. Interest rates are not where I want them to be. So I'm going to wait, but I am ready, you know, and it could be that, or it could be, you know, I just, I'm not feeling it right now. There's something I'm not feeling it. I don't know. I need, I'm going to go for a jog. That could be a smart goal. That it could be that small. I'm going for a jog because my mind is cluttered and I need to start doing that every morning so that when I'm ending with the jog, you know, I just, I'm in a better place mentally. So smart doesn't have to be giant and arguably small is brilliant. Small is smarter. I'm glad you went through that because, and I've talked about it, um, you know, earlier, I do think it makes sense to have a goal, perhaps maybe it's a year long and I do mine on a yearly basis, right? So that's just why I use that as an example, but you may have a broader goal that maybe doesn't sound, uh, it maybe doesn't meet all of the criteria for it being a smart goal, 
Um, and that is the, what you have as a goal for 2021. But all of the things along the way really do need to be smart, right? So I think it's possible to have a goal that on its face doesn't seem like it meets the criteria for it being a smart goal for the year, right? And, but you have to understand too, um, for me, it's breaking them down into, as you just stated, walk through having smart goals along the way, right? Buying a house in 2021 is a goal for me, right? But the only reason it, it, you know, I believe it will work is because I have broken it down into, okay, you know, figure out what I want my monthly payment to be inclusive of things like principal, interest, tax, all of that stuff, right? So th that is something I have to do in order to eventually get to buying a house, right? Because then I, ha I have to formulate a budget for what I want to spend on a house, right? There are so many factors that lead up to successfully purchasing a house and obviously being successful and running it. And, and exactly. It, right. Um, so I have smart goals that build up to that goal of, of owning the house for 2021. And that's just one of, you know, three or four goals I have for the year, but I'm, 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 I'm glad you, you know, walked through that because we're, we're very much on the same page. Um, and, and I have had goals in the past that I didn't meet because I didn't end up breaking them down. Right. And you don't break them down and you don't attack them. You don't make them um, a deliberate, um, you know, part of your day to day. And so that's why I was not able to successfully complete um, some more broader yearly goals in the past, uh, but Absolutely. have had more and more success over, you know, the last two to three years, because I'm, I've done that reflection that I mentioned before, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's sort of where my, my headspace is with that. Breaking things down, making them small. If you, if you have a goal that's too big, I mean, I, I keep bringing it back to corporate finance because I've been reading a lot um, recently, but in corporate finance, you don't, you have measurable goals, right? There's like quarterly benchmarks and things. And yeah, that's not sexy, but the company doesn't fail when they don't make the benchmarks, right? These are goals. They're usually stretch goals. And it's same for us. If we take our lives just as seriously as our employers take our time, we're going to see massive transformations in our lives. Our employers are very, if you have a very high hands-on manager or um, light management, um, you know, very hands-off, you know, a very different experience. But overall, employers are paying us for our time and they want our time to be used for something valuable to advance those smart goals that they've defined internally, either the execs or shareholders of the board. There's been smart goal definitions. Hopefully you're aware of them. That's a management style, but you should be aware of the greater smart goals of the company you're working for or organization. And that's the same thing with your life. You are your own executive. You own your life. You are your own CEO. And so being able to break down your life, the, the things you want out of life, the goals you want into smart goals, that's the only way you're going to be able to track that progress. Uh, there's a reason why these are called smart goals. I did not invent the term smart but it's highly appropriate for setting personal finance goals and personal life goals in general. So here I'd, I'd like to conclude with uh, an example to kind of give you guys, for me personally, what has happened recently that led to a decent uh, improvement in my financial condition uh, and my household, my family. And our stress levels have gone down. Uh, morale has skyrocketed. Uh, it, it's pretty nice. And it all came from building smart goals up to that bigger goal. And so Brad, you know, I, I'd say the goal that I had that was big, it wasn't buying a house. 
this year, it was make my finances better, make my lower my debt and improve my cash flow. But that is such a vague goal. By how much? When? What are you going to do? Like, what's actionable about that? There was nothing actionable. There was nothing except a desire, a fire to make it happen. And so that fire, I had to apply it to smart goals and uh, smart steps is how I conceptualize these goals, right? Each step towards that bigger goal that's not so smart. Improving your financial condition, improving cash that comes in your you know, bank account, that's not very smart. But you can make it smart by making steps that are smart that lead to that as the final outcome. And so the, the problem I had was I was being overwhelmed by not knowing if I was spending more than I made, to be very honest. I know we're doing this podcast and we've got spreadsheets and we both have you know, significant financial backgrounds uh, and, and accounting. I, I still did not know if I was spending than I made. And the reason why is the nature of the expenses we had, right? We were using credit cards, um, but we were also uh, investing. We were starting to try to grow right, our income by quote unquote diversifying, just finding new ways to make money right? And it got extremely complicated to track this all. And we had the debt, the credit card, and I could see some of the savings were being tapped, but not every month. And sometimes we'd recontribute back to the savings and get it back to where it was. And oh my goodness, I, I won't go too much further into the stress that it can cause by not being able to know your financial picture at any given moment. Because you are spending, you have to live. Living costs money. There's an expense for living and not knowing how much you can afford to live. It, it, it caused all kinds of issues, uh, health-wise, mentally, um, overall general well-being. So how did I go out to fix that, right? How was I going to make that a better thing? How was I going to make that a thing of the past? How was I going to solve this problem that was not smart? So how do I make a not smart problem solved by a smart sequence of steps? Well, so step one, identified a clear budget with categories for monthly variable expenses. So I had food, gas, phone bill, dog care. And I love the movies. That's, you know, I don't drink. I go to movies. Okay. I don't drink that much, right? I just go to movies a lot. And I based my budget amount for each of those categories based on the highest totals for my bank statements. And I did that by the end of the work week. When I started this, I said, okay, I'm going to do one week at a time. <laughs> and I know where I'm going. I just need to make a smart step in the right direction. And it's one step, right? I'm not jumping out of a plane. I'm taking one step forward. And that was to just identify what were my budget categories and what were reasonable amounts for them. Everyone's different, you know, and depending where you live too, adds another variable there, right? Another variation. Um, food, expenses, gas, every, everything. It's very local dependent and lifestyle dependent, right? If you drive for a living, well, your gas bill is going to be higher, right? Than somebody who bikes for a living. So anyway, smart step one, I did that. By the end of the work week, I had a clear budget with categories set and the amounts. And I just I said, well, this is what's from my bank statements. This is my behavior. This is take it or leave it. This is, it is. Whether, why is it? I, that's the second step. So the second step I looked, so this is my smart step number two, research and set up transaction tracking in a budgeting app 
by the end of the month. So I gave myself a few more weeks at this point because I had to do a little research, right? I had to, I, it wasn't just look at my bank statements. It was, okay, I need a tool that's, I'm not going to give up on as soon as I sign up <laughs> and I log in, I'm like, holy crap. I'm glad I logged in and signed up, but I'm not going to use this. I needed to find an app that I was actually going to use. And that was going to be simple, something that I could get buy-in from the other stakeholders. In this case, my wife, right? Family household. So we're running this family together. And if the tools are only helping one or part of the household, part of the family, and this is a budgeting app for the family and tracking expenses, then it's not going to work. It's got to be unanimous buy-in. And so that was part of my criteria for the research of the app. And so uh, my wife actually recommended every dollar. And so I said, you know what? She recommended it. Let me, let's, let's, let's do it. And so got in there and every dollar I recommend everybody who's starting from ground zero, start tracking your transactions. Do you can do the same smart steps I did go through your bank statements, identify high totals. So high transaction amounts for certain categories and put, get an idea of, okay, well, how much do I need, you know, for, for the month and use your past behavior to inform future. That's, that's not a dumb thing. That's a smart thing. And every dollar is a fantastic app. You don't need to pay for it. It's, there's a free version. You can literally just put an amount total for the month for a budget and then put in a transaction and say, oh, it's for that budget or it's for this budget. And all you're doing is categorizing the transaction, but you've got to do it every time you have a transaction. So you got to be very deliberate in using this app and making it part of your life. It's like flossing, right? It doesn't happen on its own. You got to do it every freaking day, right? And so every dollar or whatever budgeting app you're using, you've got to track the transactions every day or you're going to start seeing health problems, right? Financial health problems. And if you're not flossing, you're going to start seeing uh, dental issues and, and uh, gum disease, right? Periodontitis, gingivitis. So it's the same thing. You do it or you don't at your own risk, right? So I started tracking and it was kind of awkward at the beginning. My wife and I were, oh, wait, did you put it in every dollar? I'm like, well, let me go check. And the interface is pretty great. Uh, to just track the expense, right? And put it somewhere and say, yeah, this was for the dog or this was for eating out or Nick wanted to get a whiskey to go or whatever it was. It goes in the budget and you can see it. And there's no shame, right? And buying whiskey and having a drink. If you can afford it and it's in the budget, there's no red alarms, right? There's no red flags. There's no, can I afford this? I don't know. My credit card hasn't been maxed out. So I guess I can. There's none of those, all of that's gone. Because now you know where you're going. You know the budget. And if you go over your budget, guess what? Learning experience. But if you didn't know you went over your budget because you didn't have one in the first place, it's not really smart, right? There's no way to learn. You're missing out on learning when you don't know what's going on. Smart step three. I got five steps, guys, so bear with me. Step three, I built an income expense tracker in a tool that I know, uh, which was Google Sheet. And income expense is literally things that I know are going to be happening on a recurring basis, right? Like paycheck coming in. I know when it's coming in. I know about how much it is with taxes taken out of it. And then the expenses. Well, I'm always going to be paying my rent or mortgage every month. That's not going to stop all of a sudden. Uh, and so 
those are my income expenses, but then I, I want to put that along with my budget. So I can track overall how much I'm spending versus how much I'm making. And so the income and expenses are fixed expenses that are recurring, yeah, like rent, insurance, other things. I put them in a tab in the spreadsheet per month, right? So I can track the calendar year. How am I doing? So I got my income expenses, fixed, and the variable budget items all together. And I could see, okay, how much did I do this year or this month? Oh, wow. Okay, I was way off. Crap. Uh, I need more and the dog food. Okay. But how do I get that? Oh, I got to lower the movies. So I'm going to go to the movies a little less so I can pay for my dog food. That's awesome. It, it might have made me feel bad and guilty when I was like, crap, I'm paying more for movies than dog food. But that lesson learned ultimately made me a lot closer to my goal just by identifying that small fact that the movie budget was overbearing on another budget that needed allocation. And so very, I, to be honest, you know, light bulbs start, you know, going off, you're like, wow, I can actually dynamically update uh, my budget. Right. And so I tried to not touch the budget to the end of the month. Right. And I think that's a healthy thing to see where you went over because when you're trying to update your budget in real time, and say, oh, I don't have enough money, you know, and, and movies, I'll pull from dog food. What starts happening is you didn't know what you went out to plan. Your goal is no longer smart. You've lost the time boxing. You've lost the aspects of making a smart goal because you've not committed to the thing all the way through. And so you've got to go over the budget items if you have to and take note and track that, right? And so Google Sheet was a great way for me. Every dollar can track the budget. Um, going over as well. But I just like Google Sheet to put my fixed income. You can put everything in every dollar, but I put the fixed expenses income with you know Google Sheet and every dollar. You guys can do whatever you want. But step four, I did step three, felt really good about it. Started seeing some insights like, oh, wow, okay, I'm over budgeted here. I got, it's like, wait, I don't have that money. Why did I budget that money? I don't have it. You know, I started seeing these things. And then I saw the utilities. I'm like, crap, your utilities are not fixed. They're also a budget item, right? So smart four came from smart three not being smart enough, the smart step three. So smart step four, I realized I also need a utility budget. Since so water, electricity, gas, you know, trash, they were not fixed enough. They did change and it was seasonal, right? Depends on the time of the month, the year. Uh, it depends if we're out, right? If we're not in the house and we're out more, you know, all these bills fluctuate pretty pretty uh, wildly. There's a big range. And so I had to build that in. So I built that into the spreadsheet of step three by the following month. So very actionable, right? It's measurable time box. What's awesome. I used the spreadsheet from step three. I didn't have to start from scratch on smart step four. So that's, you can start seeing the cascading, the buildup, the snow, the avalanche, right? Snowball effect of making smart steps towards your end goal. Final step, before the end of the first week of the following year, I wanted to be able to identify the net income and net wealth changes from the first day of tracking by this new system. I say net wealth because net worth is often confused with self-worth. So that's something I had to make a conscious effort to use the term net wealth because that does not is not a correlation with your self-worth. Um, but why did I want to identify net income and net wealth changes? Well, guys, that would help me 
quantitatively and smartly identify whether or not I had solved my initial problem, which is I wasn't sure if I was spending more than I made. Was I getting poor with time? Was I eating into my equity and getting lower net wealth, even though my income was fine? I was just eating away my wealth. I, I, I didn't know. And I didn't know how to even answer that problem, right? I didn't know how to formulate a question without first going through smart step one, two, three, and four. So by the time I got to near the end of the goal, I was actually able to define very clearly the final step because it was so close to the end. Say, yeah, if I can identify the net income changes and the wealth changes, I can know if I succeeded or not, right? At the global level, did I, did I make my problem less severe? And so this quantitative step as a family and like we have a little one on the way. And so like just being able to make us super happy and that stress relief and we know where we're at. We, we, we did it together, right? We took actions. We were smart. Step one, two, three, and conscientious and committed and just followed the process. We weren't thinking about step five. We were on step one. We, we focused on step one, right? Once step one's done, then you can think about any of the next step. And so that's how we got to step five, which arguably is a big, huge goal, right? I know there's some, you know, gurus, Dave Ramsey, you know, he's like the, the baby steps, all that. It's, we're all saying the same thing. Start small because it adds up. And before you know it, this was what, six months? It took me six months, uh, me and my family, six months to go from, oh my God, I don't know what's going on and things are bad. And, and just praying that things get better to, all right, I've got the mental capacity, right? God gave me gifts and talents to think and reason, right? And to do basic arithmetic. How do I, I just need to find a better way. And I broke it down in these five steps and bam, our prayers were answered, right? We were able to get ourselves out of the situation by using these SMART goals, there are some reading materials I recommend based off this, the topics we've discussed that have been inspired by books, Measure What Matters uh, by John Doerr. Talks about OKRs, objective key results. It's literally what made Google grow in the early years um, from being just kind of scrappy startup to like, hey, no, we're, we, we, we can grow. We can make progress. Very early days of Google. Uh, How to Read a Financial Report. I highly recommend reading that before reading our next and final episode of the season, cash flows from investing and financing activities. That's the segment, cash flows from investing and financing activities. Chapter 15, page 114, seeing the big picture of cash flows. And it's, it's fantastic. It really puts uh, into context everything we've been discussing from a purely accounting perspective, but it will help uh, Google terms, ask us you know, if there's concepts that are non-intuitive because some of these concepts are non-intuitive sometimes. Uh, and then the final um, source, I think they have a book, but The Minimalists, I thought it was really interesting. I would actually use them as a non-example of OKRs, but it, it's a very interesting movement. Uh, and, and no goals, I actually didn't agree with it, but I, I wanted to share that as something that you know audience members and listeners might be interested in, in having a perspective that is uh, actually contrarian to the one we just presented here today. So um, the minimalists.